All right, here we go. Episode 87 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. This episode, just before warning, is going to be... Whoa. I am so sorry. I was trying to turn up the brightness, and I accidentally turned up the volume. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, what a way to get a show started. So I uh, Didn't that wake you up a little bit? It's a I little mean, early I, in the morning. So. I was going to I was gonna send it to you in a second, but I, I clearly weren't patient enough to wait. So, <laughs> um, But anyway, like I was saying, this episode is going to be all about the draft from top to bottom. We've got a special guest for you. Uh, Don Taylor's joining us today. He was our college football expert, I should say, during the college football season, and it brought a, a much-needed college football talk to the show. So we're glad to have him back. Uh, Dom, we're, uh, we're glad to have you here. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's been, uh, it's been a hot minute since I've uh, been on podcast, but I appreciate you guys having me back. And listen, I, I love the NFL draft. It's probably one of my like top three favorite sporting events the entire year so uh really excited to get into it a little bit absolutely sam um how how much have you been listening or preparing uh for for watching this draft how much do you know about it how excited are you um and would you consider this like dom one of the top three best sporting events of the year Oh, I don't know if I put it that far, but this year specifically, I think I have a lot on the line as a uh, San Francisco 49er fan as they just went all in for this draft and hopefully yeah. don't pick Mac Jones, which would be a mistake. But I was just thinking, Dom, it makes sense that you'd like the draft because it's almost like a celebration, like a culmination of the Alabama program because they get like eight guys in the first round every yeah. year. It's almost <laughs> like, oh, like we get to celebrate. Everyone is winning, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> it is, uh, it, it's basically, it's not only a flex for the University of Alabama, but it's also a flex for the Southeastern Conference in general, because I, I think since, I want to say 2007, uh, every single year since then, we have had the most players drafted from our conference. Um, mm-hmm. And so we, we basically, I mean, we dominate the draft. It's really not, it's not any, any question. I mean, it's, it's a reality. Um, we Alabama could break a uh, long-standing record the Miami Hurricanes held for most first-rounders um, in a single draft. I think that record is six, and we have about six that are uh, projected to go in the first round. That could be less. It could be more. It, it's always uh, – that's the thing about the draft you never know. But um, it's not even just the, the, the Alabama players that bring intrigue. There's so many different – uh, intricacies and picks with this draft in particular that uh, I think are really going to be interesting. You'll see some very interesting trades, most likely, um, and we'll we'll get into that a little later. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be for Alabama for sure. It's going to be a great draft. So and what what Dom on. is Jason, oh, Jason, Jason. Uh, I I think I'm speaking for Jason when I say that we have been salivating for this episode this week to have you on, Dom. We've always been talking. We need to get Dom on for draft week just because of what we just know what you're going to bring this this show. So no pressure. <laughs> well, I... He's he he's right. He's right. You know, we've out of out of all the guests that we have planned, we we had we had this week highlighted and circled for you like months in advance. Um, so and I think just to go back to what Dom was saying, I think what everybody can gather from that. It's just Alabama is a, a slightly above average program. So, um, and it, no, I'm kidding. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so 
the the draft this year. Now, so I have to admit, in years past, the draft has not been something that I've gone knee deep into. Um, the only I like the draft, but I, I don't know much of anything about a lot of these players usually. Um, but this year, it just so happened that my my favorite radio sports radio uh, broadcaster is hosting the draft. So for the past two months, all I've been doing is just listening to him talk about the draft and talk to draft analysts and coaches. So I, I feel much more acquitted uh, and equipped for, for this draft. So I'm super excited to see what's going on. And I, I feel like, and maybe this is just me and you guys can chime in, but I feel like in years past, there hasn't been as much uncertainty in the top 10. I feel like there are so many different ways that each of these teams can go about this there's so many trades that have been mocked there are so so many different picks for each team that i feel like the only certainty is uncertainty in this year's draft at least after picks one and two is that just me or 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 am i way off the mark i think it's it's more publicized this year the uncertainty um and i also think you got a weird collection of teams in the top 10 because you wouldn't see normally a 10-win team Miami and a hopefully good team San Francisco this high up in the draft. That's what really adds to this whole dynamic. And then you have New England that could possibly trade up. You have Denver who could possibly trade up. Um, You have a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. um, And then the teams that don't need quarterbacks can go any direction, really, because there's so many quality players. That just adds so much. Like, there's so many – different uh what's the what's the word it starts with a p it's uh just so many permutations that could happen that could come from this draft right dom what do you, what do you think yeah the the very interesting thing to me and what I, I totally agree with what you said about the first two picks basically being settled but then after that it's like it's going to be complete chaos mm-hmm. um the, the very interesting thing about this draft is there are there's deep quarterback depth with like um quarterbacks one through five, right? Like you've got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mack, uh, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. Those are the top five, undoubtedly, but then there's a little bit of a drop-off behind that. But there are like seven or eight teams that need quarterbacks in the first round, like desperately, you know? And and like the Washington football team and the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. they're not they're not exactly in the right position to get some of those players. And, and New England needs to trade up to, you know, there's talk they might get Justin Fields. Um, there's you know, where will Mac Jones fall? He's somebody who, who could get to one of those later uh, teams, but they're going to, the Bears and, and the, you know, the football team specifically, they're going to have to give up a lot to trade up if they really want their player. And if they don't, uh, they're most likely going to be relegated to a like second or third round talent. Yeah. I mean, you could see, I could see somebody like Washington, unless they make a, an aggressive move up to the top in the second or third round, getting somebody like, I don't know. They could get like Kyle Trask or Davis Mills is somebody who I've heard a lot of talk about. Kellen Mond. Also, those those are the three names that I've heard a lot about in terms of, you know, the other, other quarterbacks in the draft. I've heard Jamie Newman's name thrown around a little bit as well. Um, but I, I think a, a lot of a lot of people who I've been listening to have been circling uh, Davis Mills as as the guy. And then Kellen Mond as well, those two. So I can see Washington in like the second round picking up one of those guys, or maybe even the third round, depending on where they are, and then just having him sit for one or two years behind Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick would be a great mentor, I think, 
to have for a young quarterback and then uh, and then put him in, you know, a year or two after. Because Fitzpatrick's not going to be there for the long haul. So, um, And I think we all agree. I, I mean, so actually, since I just mentioned Washington, before we get into what we have planned, do you guys think that Washington out of, – okay, so out of all the teams that are in the, let's say, below the top ten, what do you think – what is the one team that you think needs to make an aggressive move to get a quarterback? Because there are a couple, but who is the most desperate for one? Outside of the top ten? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I – I, I'm I don't I'm not quite sure. I know the two teams, but I don't know which one I would say needs it more. I know the Patriots need it, and listen, I, I am a I am a Cam Newton disbeliever, right? As as you could probably uh, uh, tell just based on my previous biases, but um, they really need a quarterback. Uh, but so do the Bears. I mean, the Bears' offense has been just anemic the last couple of years, and so you know, I really. I think the Patriots most likely could could fit with several different quarterbacks, but I think um, the Bears probably have you know one specifically in mind that'll fit the best. I think Justin Fields would be ideal for them, um, but I think most likely Trey Lance will be available when they're going to pick. So, but they're going to be the ones that are going to have to move up because I think they're at uh, what twenty at this point right now. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, so they would have to move up. They'd have to give up several good picks, and you know, there's not a huge chance that uh, either. Are going to be available past round, you know, or pick number thirteen or fourteen. So they're going to have to get up right around there. Um, but I, I would probably say the Bears with that one. Yeah, Sam, what do you think? Um, it's simple, dude. Uh, it's the Raiders. <laughs> they don't have a solution at quarterback. They need someone right now, some new blood, fresh face in John Gruden's system. Really get the excitement back in that fan base because it's just a dying fan base, you know, like. You guys are just withering away in uh, mediocrity at this point. So just get a little more life into that franchise. I went to you expecting a good, in-depth answer, and all you gave me was the worst (laughs) answer I could have possibly imagined. Didn't it sound good and in-depth, though? It sounded reasonable. No, nothing nothing about that sounded reasonable at all. Yeah, I mean, I gotta gotta, um, uh, just... Just... uh, I guess follow up with uh, Dom about New England. I think New England has to get up in this. This just seems like a draft where they need to sort out the quarterback. They spent, a, they were aggressive in free agency, spending probably the most money out of anyone through free agency on players, shoring up as many positions as possible. And now they feel if they're actually going to contend in a tough division with Miami and Buffalo. And then the Jets are getting a quarterback too, so they need to do something now. Trade up into that top ten, get your Fields, get your Jones, get your Trey Lance, and uh, just feel good about it. Right. The so do you guys pay any attention to the? Uh, um, there was so there was a rankings that came out um, from uh, from the Pro Football Focus that was the rankings of all 32 NFL rosters ahead of the 2021 NFL draft. Any guess on where the New England Patriots ranked on that list? God, probably low. <laughs> probably they, were, low. they were 20th. 
on that. They were 20th on that. So the question then would be what, I mean, you know, the Patriots have a long history of trading back to collect more picks. I understand that they're, that they are in need of a quarterback and, I think it would probably be in their best interest to get a quarterback for the long haul. But at the same time, I could see the argument for trying to bolster that roster. And then in a year or two, maybe because here's the thing. If, well, not if, when San Francisco takes a quarterback, what that's probably going to do is send Jimmy Garoppolo to the bench. And we know that Bill loves Jimmy, so maybe it makes more sense for them to, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, maybe it makes more sense for them to take somebody else or trade back, get more picks, bolster the roster, and then the year after, or two years later, however long, uh, try to make a run back at Jimmy G to bring him back to New England. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it um, it makes sense in an ideal world, but those are so many uncontrollable factors that you... For sure have to deal with. I think if you think New England can't plan on one day San Francisco is going to wake up and decide to trade Jimmy G1 and trade Jimmy G to them too. That is two uncontrollable factors that are completely out of New England's hands. But this draft, if they are able to decide to trade up and then they have the power to then pick a guy. Mm-hmm. That's so many less things that could go wrong. So many less unknowns that New England would have to deal with. And they're getting a guy sooner into their camp, into their culture that can get... I know Jimmy's from that culture, so it wouldn't actually be that long of an acclimation process. But if you're getting a guy younger, cheaper, I think it just it just works. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, so, let's let's dive right into this draft so dom and sam have made a mock draft and i think we're going to spend the most time on the top 10 picks so we can get a little bit in uh to everything else as well so they've made a mock draft both of them have made one that is what they think is going to happen during the nfl draft i have made a mock top 10 of what i think would be ideal for every team in that top 10 so we'll have basically two different ways of looking at this draft. I think it would probably be best if you guys read off your picks and do your rationale, and then we'll see it line if it lines up with what I think is ideal for that team and see if they match up and see, see where they differ. Um, so before we get into it, I think if we can all be in agreement here that we're all going to say that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going to go one, two. Yeah. Are we all in agreement there? Yeah, undoubtedly. Sam. I actually had um, uh, let's see, who did I have? Oh, I had, uh, Najee Harris going number one. I just think he's <laughs> he put up great stats this year. Um, this is a, a run-driven yeah. offense. We know Urban Meyer loves a good run game. Uh, what what better character, person, personality to build around in Jacksonville than Najee Harris with the number one overall pick? The Jags do need a running back. So, you know what? If they think that he's the first overall pick, he's the first overall pick. You know hey, what? man, they're, they're going to they're gonna run the Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, you know what? I think Gardner Minshew hasn't gotten a fair chance at the job. We don't really know what Gardner Minshew is, you know? Oh, we Stud can... at Washington State 
<laughs> been a good he player a, in Jacksonville. He's a stellar backup. He we is can, a, he's going to be we, the next uh, Fitzpatrick. That's, that's, that's great. great. That's what great comparison. We can uh, we can watch him be great somewhere else, but just not at Jacksonville. So yes. So the gra- the draft is going to start at number three. Um, so we can go Dom, Sam, and then myself for what. Uh, so like I said, Dom and Sam have what they think are going to happen, and I think I have what is ideal for each of these teams. So real, Dom, real quick, right before we get into three, because I think it's going to be a long conversation. Dom, when did Zach Wilson? automatically get penciled in at number two when did that exactly happen when did he leapfrog like three guys in this quarterback's (laughs) draft to get automatically penciled in at number two i want to say it was uh i want to say it was his pro day just because of how ridiculous his uh his performance was and i mean we we saw that clip that was kind of circulating around twitter of him making that ridiculous like um, off balance throw across his body that went like 50 yards and was perfectly, you know, uh, where it was supposed to be placed. Um, and I think the Jets just kind of fell in love with his pro day and, and, and his film. Um, he's got, you know, some incredible uh, upside. His uh, miserables are great. I think it's just the other guys don't exactly, the other guys you can, you can nitpick them a little bit more. And I don't know if Zach Wilson has as much um, to nitpick. The only thing that people have questioned about him is whether or not, you know, he had a really bad like sophomore year. Uh, where he, he played really bad, and so consistency was something that they might they brought up. Um, but I but he's had two great seasons since then. So um, I think he, you know I, I think that's that's why they, they penciled him in. He's just kind of a a freak of a quarterback. It was it was crazy how much momentum Zach Wilson to the Jets got, and how quickly it was. There's so much space. But we have. Well, Yikes! Sorry. <laughs> now I did oh, it to you. We're, we're even <laughs> perfect. It was just crazy because. From right after the national championship, it was Justin Fields two, and then Penny Sewell three. Right, that was the biggest. Like there, it was locked. Top three was locked at that. Mm-hmm. And then Zach yeah. Wilson. You even before the pro day, I, I was hearing like, "Oh, he looks good. Like he's getting a lot of interest." And then it just went. He just started inching farther and farther up. And then yes, that viral throw where, he, and then all the throws that he was making on his pro day. When he's just literally wowing the audience of scouts and uh, GMs over there, it's crazy that he's just a lock. Because I don't think he's that much better than a Lance, a Fields, or a Jones. Yeah, no, I don't either. I don't. I don't think the separation is that big. Um, I think it's just. I don't know if they they did you know interviews with him or something like that. But for whatever reason, they like what they see, and, and they have made no effort to be like you know. Listen, we still don't have our guy. They really haven't said anything. I mean, you know, we we've pretty much seen every single mock draft since that pro day we've had Zach Wilson at two, and the Jets have said nothing about whether or not that's like accurate. Um, they're basically just going about their business like that's that's. And I, I have no doubt that that's going to be it. There's really no controversy. No inside reporters are saying that's not going to be the case. Um, I think that's what we're going to see. Who has a better? Who has a higher probability to have success? Next year, Zach Wilson in New York or Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville? I want to say Trevor Lawrence, um, but I also think it's it's kind of going to depend on how these two teams draft uh, because, you know, the the Jags are also in the market for a running back like we 
we uh, mentioned earlier with Najee at number one, right? Well, um, they could just fix that with Najee Harris at number one, so. They could, and then, you know, of course, Trevor Lawrence will be there in the second round, so they'll just get him then, right? Um, That's what so, I'm thinking. Yeah, for sure. That's accurate. <laughs> Uh, no, so, you know, they could, there's the, it's, it's a, also a great, um, it's a great draft for running back depth and they'll definitely have some really good prospects available in the second round when they need a running back. So if they get somebody to kind of help Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, with the, on the offense or, you know, they, I think they're also in the market for some offensive line and they definitely want to protect. Um, they're also in the market for some, uh, defensive backs, you know, so I think it, it just depends on how they draft, uh, they're both teams are rebuilding. And you couldn't really get a lot worse than the Jets last year. I think the Jags were a little farther along, even though they were both kind of, you know, even though the Jets might have had like one game better record, um, I would say that uh, the Jags probably have a better upside in the long run. Um, and Zach Wilson is just kind of going to a – he's going to a place where the, the cards are stacked against him. I don't I don't see, you know, the Jets don't kind of ebb and flow the way the Jags do. So um, I think Lawrence kind of has the better upside. Nice. I, I just wanted to get a little bit of talking about the first two picks because I we're not going to touch on them really, and it's really weird how this is the Trevor Lawrence draft, and he is this guy that has been this hyped up figure for years since he even since he before he got into before he went to Clemson, and now it's finally this culminating event, and people are barely talking about the fact that he's going number one. It's super crazy. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's just it's just assumed, you know, like it and that's kind of the the bummer sometimes about the NFL draft is like sometimes there's just overall a there is a best prospect and he's going to go first and so there's no speculation or interest with the first pick. It's like all right, y'all don't need to take all 10 minutes of your of your clock time for this pick. Just put it in and let's get to the interesting stuff, you know. Um and that's kind of how how it's been a few times in, in the last few years with the draft, but um that's okay. You know, I think it's, I think it's well-deserved. I think it's just he, he, the measurables for, for Trevor Lawrence are there. Um, obviously he's, you know, one of the best passers Clemson's ever had. Um, and that's saying a lot with names like, you know, Deshaun Watson and Taj Boyd. But, um, you know, I, I don't think there's, there's really any controversy there and, and, and probably not with Zach Wilson either. So we, you know, the third pick, that's, that's where it starts to get, uh, to get uh, interesting. With All the, right. Your team. What do you have? As be be careful here, Dom, because if if someone is mentioned, I will cry on Thursday night because my team has ruined this opportunity to maybe win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Who do you have? The San Francisco 49ers taking at three. Yeah. Uh <laughs> well. You are going to I don't know, you might like it, you might not. I don't really understand this either here's here's why the the 49ers are confusing me a little bit because they specifically traded up to get the third pick and there's still speculation as to who they're going to draft you I, I've talked with a lot of the people that I work with like at, at the radio station here at Alabama and you know in the in the athletic department just friends of you know the NFL in general and like why would you trade up to three if you didn't already know who they were going to draft at that point right um, unless you like two of those guys so much that it's just that hard of a pick. And I think the two guys that they're talking about, because they haven't, you know, mentioned Justin Fields at all is probably Mac Jones and Trey Lance. And I know the, uh, I know that the bias of course is going to, you know, um, 
you're going to assume off the bat that I'm going to take Mac Jones, and that's correct. Uh, I think Mac <laughs> Jones will be the third pick. Uh, <laughs> I, I that was, do. I, that was I, nice. I think Shanahan, um, I think he's just kind of falling in love with Mac Jones, and he's, you know, personally went to the pro days. I know the staff went to, to both at least. Um, they've just – it sounds like they've had good interviews, and, and Shanahan is um, – it just seems like he's kind of got like a personal liking for Mac Jones. And my bias also is goes away from Trey Lance. I really think that he is a project, and I don't think that that's what the 49ers need is a project right now. I think they want somebody who's going to be able to uh, contribute right away. And Mac Jones is one of the most efficient passers in the history of college football. So uh, that's my third pick. In one year. Sorry, what? In in one year, he was the most efficient. Yeah, the, the last year's season was um, – I, I, I forget the, the actual source, but I know that Tua and Mac Jones are like the number two and number one, like most efficient passer ratings um, in college Crazy. football. Yep. Since when did Alabama become a quarterback? You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that we are yet. I think we're gonna <laughs> get there. Um, I think you know what it was, and this is kind of embarrassing to admit. The hiring of Lane Kiffin in 2014 is what changed it all. Without was he, was he the one that recruited like Hurts and Tua? Uh, I I want to say. He, I think Sarkeesian recruited Tua. Um, Man, crazy, but we yeah, it was. I mean, when he started recruiting. I mean, it's what changed it all because our, our offense changed entirely. We, we moved to a West Coast, and then we started to get more guys that had more of a um, a spread offense kind of feel. And, and we, you know, at that point, uh, once you've got ridiculous wide receiver talents coming in and out and, and quarterbacks want to go there and they see that they can, they can be successful, um, it's, it's kind of how we're started. Now we're getting five-star quarterbacks every year, and that's incredible because that's a really dangerous Alabama team if we've got a – you know, five-star quarterbacks and five-star wide receivers that are – we have a passing offense. You know, that's that's where we seem to be going. I'd be more surprised if I saw someone in Alabama that wasn't a five-star at this point. <laughs> um, so, for my third pick, um, it's, it's funny that all three quarterbacks that we've mentioned, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, have all been at one point projected for the Niners to pick. At one – point in time at another it was first mac jones then his pro day happened and he was overthrowing dudes and that uh uh that image of kyle shanahan's reaction after mac jones just overthrew a guy in his pro day was pretty funny and then it justin Fields slides in there and then somehow mac jones overtakes him and now the trey lance stuff is happening that Oh my gosh, the 49ers love Trey Lance. They loved his interviews. Um, apparently, he's one of the smartest quarterbacks to come out of the draft. Him and Justin Fields are. Um, and apparently, they love Trey Lance. Trey Lance would, all three quarterbacks would work within Kyle Shahan's system. I think we can get that out of the way. Um, I have them drafting Trey Lance with the third overall pick. Um, I think he is. Currently, right now, a better fit than Mac Jones, purely because his ceiling is way higher than Mac Jones's potential ceiling is. And I don't think the Niners would trade two picks to move up in this draft to draft a guy that's ceiling is Kirk Cousins, which is what 
barely Ow. better than Jimmy Garoppolo, who they already oh have. It, it doesn't make any sense. You know, um, so <clears throat> I it's funny listening to both of you guys talk about that because I I agree with um, I agree with Dom in the sense that. It, it feels as if they're probably gonna take Mac Jones, um, but I. But in terms of what I wrote for what I think would be ideal for the team, I mine falls in line with Sam. I think it would be much better for them to take Trey Lance. Um, and the example that I heard earlier in the week that I thought was a beautiful analogy was just look at what Kansas City did. When Kansas City drafted Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes was a bit of a project. Well, they had Alex Smith. They had that luxury of not having to throw Patrick Mahomes right onto the field. So in this case, with San Francisco, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, who, by the way, has proven that he can get you to a Super Bowl. Okay, so the 49ers are going to be fine if Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback. So what they can do is, and I know, Dom, you said they don't want a project, but I think that they are the perfect team to take on a project because with Trey Lance – Again, you're not going to want to throw him out there right away. Okay, fine. Keep Jimmy Garoppolo for a year, maybe two if you want to. Let Kyle Shanahan work with him for a year or two. And then just like you did with Kansas, just like Kansas City did, deal Jimmy Garoppolo away, slide Trey Lance right in after he's had a year or two under an offensive genius, and then he'll be ready to roll. I think Trey Lance to San Francisco would be the smartest option for San Francisco because they have the tools and the coaching staff to transform him into a potentially great quarterback. I, I definitely think that it would be ideal for them to take Trey Lance instead of Mac Jones. Yep. You're, you're also operating under the assumption that uh, Garoppolo will be there for another year, which is as Kyle Shanahan said, cryptically not a guarantee. <laughs> so who knows? Well, uh, you know, there's, there's this this pick, the third pick, as well as the fourth, uh, kind of depend on what personnel are going to be there. And, and all, yeah. as a Falcons fan, I'll go into that once we get to that pick. But um, if Garoppolo – I mean, it kind of depends on what they do with the quarterback situation, uh, like in the next week or, or forever, however long they have before they have to finalize this decision with Garoppolo. But I, sure. I don't know. I, I have the, I have the, 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 Mac, the Mac Jones uh, tingle, if you will. Yeah. So well, I mean, it it's, it seems like they're gonna do that, but I I I I hope it's Trey Lance for their sake. I don't know, but I don't know about you guys, but I think the the speculation from this this pick and Dom, you touched on it in your, in the very beginning that like we don't know what the Niners are doing. I think it's because just they haven't said anything. I'm pretty sure they haven't said anything through this whole draft process so do i don't think anyone really knows what they're going to do it's just all speculation they're going to take justin fields that's what they're really going to do i so i think justin fields actually would actually be the best because he is a project like trey lance yeah he's better now yeah than trey lance is but i just think that ship has sailed yeah because there's just no steam with justin fields to at three which just it sucks and I got to be completely honest, like, mad respect if they put up this smoke screen and say, like, you know, we love Mac Jones and Trey Lance and then trash Justin Fields. Yeah. I think that would be hilarious. I think that would be just such a, like, such a uh, 
for lack of a better word, a Chad move by for the 49ers. Um, so that'd be really, uh, that'd be really fun to see. And I think too, I think it's also, um, the story came out, which I think is big. Uh, they traded up for three, but Shanahan and Lynch want different dudes. So trade, they both, they both agreed to trade up, but they didn't agree on who they actually had in mind. Which I think is the yeah. most telling thing about this draft process, but Kyle Shanahan is going to be the one that wins out because he has final Probably. say. Probably. Probably. I just really hope it's uh, not Mike Jones. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time on that third pick, but rightfully so. I think that's one of the more interesting picks of the entire top 10. Uh, we'll move on to number four. Number four is another interesting one, but for separate reasons. Um, I think number three is the most interesting because it really comes down to which quarterback are they going to take. I think Atlanta's in a different position because it's just going to be who the hell are they going to draft? Because I think they can go so many different ways. So, Dom, uh, we obviously can't spend like you know 15 minutes on each pick, but what uh, what do you think Atlanta's going to do? Yeah, well, uh, Atlanta's my team, so I, I'm a I'm a Falcons fan, um, unfortunately. Um, but you know, I, I have said for a while, up until pretty much this week, that drafting Kyle Pitts would make no sense. <laughs> yet we were somehow favored to do that. I, I don't understand why. I know he's a ridiculous tight end prospect. He's one of the best that we've long time uh but why would we do that when we have julio jones and calvin ridley and our offense is completely fine yeah we were putting up like 40 points a game but we were also losing by allowing 41 to be scored on us so Mm -hmm. that that's really i mean i would love to focus on the defense i would have loved to to trade it back and get a star player from a different team somebody who wants to take the fourth pick i think at this point that's not happening unless something very last minute happens uh during the draft but just as like I was saying earlier, just this week, the rumors started going around that Julio was going to get traded. That's a possibility that he might get traded to a different team. And so that would leave a huge opening on our offense um, that I think Kyle Pitts would fit, would fill well. So I created my draft with the understanding that Julio Jones is going to be traded somewhere else. And that's something that's, oh. that's sad to me. Um, that, that is, but that's just the, that's the notion that I I've gone with. So I'll say, yes, we take Kyle Pitts with the fourth pick. Um, but if Julio isn't traded, it completely depends on what happens with the third pick with the 49ers, because Falcons have said, um, just, you know, sources that I've read just in the last few weeks that Mac Jones is one of their favorites, but they're not looking to pick anybody else other than him. If Justin Fields is there, we might consider it just because he's such a great talent. Again, I want to stay away from Trey Lance. He's not one of my favorites. I think he's the fifth of the top five quarterbacks. So I would say we take Kyle Pitts or we take potentially Mac Jones or Justin Fields. Um, And if neither of those happens, we're we're trading back. I, I think those are our only options. Well, I'm not surprised they're interested in Mac Jones. They have him playing in their offense right now. Um, Sam, who, who You're damn you, right. <laughs> I know. Who do you uh, Who do you think? Um, I think you got to go with Kyle Pitts. Uh, even if Julio stays, this is a guy. This is like Saquon back in his draft. Yes, it's a position that doesn't have a lot of value, and it's a position that you can definitely draft later and have success. We've seen. I mean, it's a tight end position, but this guy, he dominated the combine. He's putting up, like, just when you watch him play, he's 
just looks ridiculous. The guy can impact the game so much more than any tight end we've seen out of college in recent memory. I think you just you have to take it. It gives you getting a guy like that, just like what Julio is for Atlanta. He he is a factor that other teams simply don't have the personnel to deal with at times. And if you can get him and lock him up, because we know, sorry, Dom, to break it to you, but Atlanta probably is in a little bit of a rebuild and it's going to take multiple years for this to happen. If they can lock up Kyle Pitts and have him for when they eventually get back to where they were as a winning divisions, getting the wild card, getting into the playoffs, it it's just the simple fact that they will have Kyle Pitts and other teams won't that might give them an edge. Well, yeah, I tell you what, it would make it if – if Matt Ryan's going to be out the door here within the next couple of years, he would certainly make it attractive for any quarterback to come to Atlanta, you know, in the sense that, you know, they'd have Ridley and Pitts. And then if Julio is still there, which it doesn't look like he's going to be, but still they have, they'd have those two weapons for whatever quarterback steps in at that point. Um, so obviously my, my mock draft that I made is different from yours because it's what I think is ideal for each team and going off of what Sam said, I do think Atlanta is in a rebuild mode. I don't think that they are Kyle Pitts away from winning a Super Bowl, as good as he is, I think for Atlanta, and I also have to take I also have to mention that this is what I think is ideal for each of the top ten teams. So I have to weigh what would be better for one team versus what would be better for the another team. So I think what would be ideal would be if Denver was somehow able to wiggle a trade with Atlanta to move up from nine to four to take Justin Fields. I think that would be the most ideal situation for both teams because I think Atlanta would be able to trade back. And I the reason why I have them trading back is because I'd have them – the reason mainly is because – with Julio Jones potentially leaving, I think there would still be a wide receiver available at nine for them to take. And even if there's not, they could get somebody like Micah Parsons probably. But I think Denver trading up to four and Atlanta trading back to nine would be ideal for both teams. And then I'd have Denver taking Justin Fields, which would pain me beyond belief to have Patrick Mahomes Justin Herbert and Justin Fields in the same division as the Raiders. That would, that would hurt me to my soul. That's why the but, Raiders need to get a quarterback this draft because they would have the worst quarterback <laughs> in the division. Um, but I, I think that I think that would be the most ideal situation for each of those teams involved. Dom, what do you think? Since Atlanta is your team, yeah, you know that's an interesting one. I, I really haven't heard um, of Denver trading up yet in most of the, the you know the professional mock drafts that I've seen and the ones that I've done and the ones that you know, I've seen simulations of, I haven't seen uh, Denver jump up. I think it definitely makes sense. I, I'm just surprised to hear you think that they would uh, kind of cast, uh, cast Drew Locke aside. I, I think they might give him one more year. I don't have them uh, doing that. I, my draft actually had them trading back and letting, letting the Patriots slip up to nine. Um, and they, they draft, uh, I think it's defense. Uh, I think I had them drafting, um, yeah, I had them drafting Parsons at fifteen. So right, um, I, I mean, I think that's an interesting take for sure. If 
I tell you what, if, if they did that, I don't think that we would, um, well, let, let's say that they did, we did release Julio, then yeah, we'd probably go after a wide receiver if, um, potentially Devonte or, uh, maybe, I don't know, Waddle and Devonte will probably be around that pick. Um, but if they don't release Julio, we'll probably end up drafting a cornerback. Um, yeah. so I think, uh, that's another need that we, we got uh, AJ Terrell last year, but we, we have another spot to fill. We, we've done some, uh, some depth changes, some roster changes. So most likely if we slip back to nine, it would probably be Patrick Sertan or, or uh, JC Horn, one of those two. But um, I think it's an interesting take, man. I, I, I could, I could potentially, I understand your reasoning behind that. So uh, the pro football focus list that I mentioned to you guys, they actually have Denver as the sixth, best roster in the NFL um my and what they write right here is unfortunately uh no they write Denver would be even higher if we removed quarterbacks from the equation they say unfortunately Drew Locke has yet to show much in the way of promise he is one of the three lowest graded passers over the last couple seasons while no quarterback in the NFL has thrown uncatchable balls at a higher Rate. So I understand Oof. they might give Drew Locke one more year, but even if that's the case, say you wanted to light a fire under Drew Locke just to see, just to see if you could get that out of him. Drafting Justin Fields would allow you to have a good quarterback competition, and even if your head, even if in your head you go, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna make Drew um, think that there's competition. But we're really we were never planning on putting Justin Fields in right away. Anyway, we're going to let them compete, give Drew one more year, see if we can get some value for him, and then trade him off, and then slide Justin Fields right into it. Um, I think I think it would be I think it'd be good for Denver to do that, and I think it'd be terrible for you know the other teams in the division because now you have now you have Denver who has like apparently the sixth best best roster in. The NFL, and now they just they get who I think is the second best quarterback in this draft. So, um, hey, like I said, I think it's what I what what would be ideal for each team, not what I think what I think is going to happen. But I think it'd be certainly uh, certainly fun to see to see that happen for Denver. Um, all right, so let's move on to number five, Cincy. Dom, who you got? So uh, this this pick is interesting because I'm actually, if you don't mind. Um, I, I'll somewhat combine five and six because there is a, there's a, almost like a flow of, of it's a cause and work. effect. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I think these two picks are interchangeable uh, to be completely honest. I, I don't think that they're going to go away from this order. Um, and, and one of, one of my friends at the radio station, um, I, I'll give him credit cause this is kind of something you brought up his name, Jacob, Jacob Harrison. Um, he was kind of talking on Twitter about this dynamic of, the you know uh, the Dolphins releasing an offensive lineman I forget who who it was but um, you know that kind of signals to the the Bengals like oh hey they're going to take uh, Penay Sewell with that six pick they're they're at least liking to uh, and so we should take them with the fifth pick and make sure that we get the best offensive lineman um, you know when when we need it and then of course that frees up. Jim- Chase for the Dolphins to take, so it's almost like a smokescreen kind of cause and effect. Because um, I think it's interchangeable. I think that it's almost a, it's almost too easy if you draft Jamar Chase and put him with his former quarterback in Joe Burrow. Um, but 
you know what they really need for somebody who just had a massive knee injury is the best offensive lineman in this year's class. They need somebody to protect him. I think that's a bigger uh, – that's that's more important. Um, and so I think they, they go with uh, Panay Sewell and they uh, – you know, they'll, they'll – they'll, this is a deep wide receiver draft. They can get somebody with good value in the second round. Um, so they'll take the offensive lineman at five for the Bengals and then Jamar Chase goes to the Dolphins to get – give Tua a weapon there with the sixth pick. For sure. Sam? Yeah, we're definitely along the same. Uh, I'm definitely thinking O-line. Um, I just think Rashawn Slater, for how awful it is, because I think it's so wrong that Slater has gotten this much momentum to even be in the same conversation as Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell was a lock at two, what, six months ago? Everyone was saying, oh, my God, this guy is the, like, as Trevor Lawrence is the best QB prospect we've seen, Penny Sewell is the best left tackle prospect we've ever seen. And he's gotten so much. He's slid so far because of needs for different teams. But I have Cincy taking Rashawn Slater just because I feel like it's that Big Ten um, feel type of thing. Like they want to keep that uh, same type. And he's got he's got uh, more versatility and he can fill more needs on the O-line. Um, than Sewell, so I have Rashawn Slater going five. Yeah, so we're pretty much all in agreement here. I, there are three offensive linemen in this draft whose names you all have probably heard, Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, and then Christian Derrissaw. Those three names are probably the ones that you've heard the most. I think since the, I just wrote Penny Sewell because I think that's who they're probably going to take. Um, whether or not they take Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, or Christian Derrissaw, I don't know. I don't really care. I just think that for for somebody who, like Dom said, for you know Joe Burrow, who just had a massive leg uh, leg injury, that you need to protect. You need to protect your new quarterback. You absolutely have to do it. I don't think they should overthink that. I think out of the top five, this is the easiest pick. I, I don't. I, I understand the connection between him and Jamar Chase, but you know I. I think you absolutely, under no circumstances, draft Jamar Chase. You absolutely have to take an offensive lineman to protect Joe Burrow. And I don't even think it's a question. I think, like I said, that's the easiest one. That's what I wrote as well for what would be ideal for Cincy. So I'm glad we're all in agreement there. Just take the offensive lineman. Uh, Miami. So Miami did a lot of jumping around in this draft. They landed at six. What do you guys think they're going to do? Chase. Yeah, yeah. Like I said before, I, I have Chase. I don't think I think he's the best wide receiver. Um, so there you go. There's my unbiased answer. I think Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in this draft. Oh, got wow. Two first round <laughs> potential Alabama wide receivers, but I think that they come after. I think Jamar Chase just, you know, he he has the he may not have the competitive fire or the resume of Devontae Smith, but he has. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, why are you laughing? The man has a, a he has a Heisman Trophy and he's no, totally like because you because it start no so so Dom the reason I laughed was because it started so nice like you were like oh this is my unbiased yeah. like Jamar Chase is the best prospect and then you go into <laughs> well the guy isn't competitive he's not really got the the notoriety that other guys have like it it started off so nice and then you just completely shit on him right after it. Uh, that's not true. I just said that Devontae was more competitive. I didn't say Jamar Chase wasn't competitive. Mm. I just said Devontae was more competitive. 
Listen, he dude's the dude measured in as one one hundred and sixty six pounds, and he's mossing dudes, and he's only like six feet tall. So, I he, he has competitive fire. I don't think you can say Jamar Chase doesn't have it. I just think Devontae has more if he's doing that when he's one hundred you know seventy pounds soaking wet. So no, listen, Jamar Chase is he is built like a prototypical NFL wide receiver. He has the stats to back it up. He should be the first one off the board. Um, yeah, I, I, there's not a question there for me for the Dolphins. Sam, you in agreement? Yeah, totally. Um, so, you guys had already in your draft what you think is going to happen. You already have Kyle Pitts being gone. In mine, what I think would be ideal for each team, Kyle Pitts is still available, and I think Miami would be absolutely jumping for joy if Kyle Pitts is still available at six. If he's there, you take Kyle Pitts at six. So, I have... Miami, in terms of what would be ideal for each team, I have Kyle Pitts going number six to Miami. I think that would be that would be ideal for Miami under all circumstances. So number seven, we would have Detroit. Now Detroit has been apparently fielding calls about potentially moving out of that spot. What do you guys think they're going to do? Um, yeah, I mean, I, they're probably fielding calls, but. I think if they if they move back too far, the wide receiver there there's a clear top three wide receivers in this draft, and if they move out too far, they're not going to get one of them, and they need a weapon. Um, and so I I had Devonte Smith going at seven. That's my pick. I, potentially, I could see them you know going out, but again, I think that would be a pretty typical Lions move if they did that. I think they need to capitalize on one of the best wide receiver prospects in this draft. Sam. Yeah, um, I definitely I so I had um, this is the one trade I had for uh, this mock. Um, I think they trade out to one of those teams that we were talking about as a desperate that a team out of the top ten that's in desperate need of a QB. I think they call up New England as this draft is going forward, and in mine, Trey Lance is gone, so New England really wants Justin Fields or Mac Jones at this point. So they need, they are more willing to give up a lot of draft capital to move into this top 10. And I think that is perfect for Detroit because they have so many needs. How On that pro football focus list, where is Detroit? Oh, yeah. Give me one second. Let me... Because I am sure they're down. Look towards the bottom. <laughs> yeah, definitely in the maybe 30s range. Because and you, just... said, you said Detroit, right? So I'm looking right now. They are. 32. Well, there you go. They are dead last. (laughs) So they, right now, no player is going to immediately impact this team in a way that they need. They need players to impact. And for that, they need draft capital. They need to build up to the draft. So I think for right now, trading back is the biggest thing for them. So I have Justin Fields getting taken by the New England Patriots with the seventh overall pick. God, wouldn't that be just... The worst thing ever <laughs> if Justin Fields went to the Patriots. I really hope the Niners draft Justin Fields so he's not available at that point. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I would much rather have Justin Fields go to the Niners than, than the Patriots. We don't need the Patriots being good all over again. Um, so in my, in my mock draft of what I think sh- uh, sh- um, should happen, um, I have 
quarterbacks going one, two, three, four, which leaves one quarterback still available. I agree. I think New England is going to want to make an aggressive move, and if there is a spot for them to move up, I think it's going to be here. Um, I know Carolina, there's been some talk about them moving up to that spot, but I don't think Carolina is going to want to move out of that spot. So I have New England trading up to seven, and I have them just taking Mac Jones. He's the available quarterback at that point. Um, I agree. I do think they need a quarterback. I think they're looking at a quarterback from everything that you know we've all heard. I saw something earlier in the week that said they were really high on Justin Fields. So if he's available in that top 10, I believe was the report that they would be really interested in going and getting him. But if he's not available, I still think they would probably move up to go get to go get Mac Jones as well. So number eight, number eight, like I mentioned, is Carolina. Like I said, Carolina is um, another one that people have speculated moving. What do you guys think? Um, I got I got them taking Penny Sewell with that pick. It's either I think either they take um, whoever since he didn't draft. Yeah, same here. I, I have the uh, I have the flip of that. I, I think it's Rashawn Slater. Um, they need to get somebody to protect Sam Darnold, their new, their new, you know, bell cow of the program. So, um, yeah, I think Rashawn Slater, that's the pick. Can you say bell cow one more time? Bell cow? Oh, I just love that. Never. <laughs> it's one of those things that you, you like never, you don't hear normally, but it's just, <laughs> it's just so nice. I, sorry. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's just so nice. <laughs> that's bell very cow. interesting. That's very yeah. interesting. You hear that for, uh, for like running backs. So Sam is yeah. Sam Darnold. He's going to be a dual dual threat. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that is not what I was insinuating. <laughs> Dom Dom Taylor going on the record. Sam Darnold will have more rushing yards than Lamar Jackson this year. <laughs> Bell cow. Book it. <laughs> Book it. I'm placing the bets now, gentlemen. I will see you. Uh, I will see you when I'm a millionaire. You're like, I'll see you from the Penn Suite in Vegas, baby, after it's, I win this. Exactly. I thought we were meeting in Cabo. Yeah, my, my sponsorship deal draft. Yikes. Um, so, I, I agree. I think that Carolina's going to take an offensive lineman. Whether it's Rashawn Slater or Christian Derrissaw, I don't know. But I definitely think they should take an offensive lineman as well. They have to protect Sam Darnold as well. I heard speculation and – I want to hear what, what you guys think about this. I've heard a lot of speculation that Carolina is, and they could be putting out a smoke screen to try to get somebody to trade up to this spot. I don't know. But I've heard Justin Fields' name in connection with Carolina a lot as of recent. What do you guys think about that? Because I think that's absurd. Honestly, I think it's that's gluttonous. <laughs> I really do. I, if, if Carolina – pulled some crap like that and they drafted another quarterback and basically just took one away from the teams that need it like that's that's kind of a douche move you got your quarterback you're at this point you're just like I don't know I I don't like that at all I I don't think that they're going to do that I think that they'll need to build uh, with Sam Darnold what they have I think that drafting another quarterback after they are already signed one is is a pretty uh, pretty unfortunate move on their part if they did that so I'm I'm against yeah, I am too. I mean, and think about mentally what that would do for Sam Darnold. You know, he exactly, just, exactly. Right? Yeah, you would. You would never like. Why would he ever want to play with you at that point? Why would he ever want to be 
on the field in a Carolina Panthers jersey. He just came from an abysmal situation in New York where he probably got his confidence shattered. He did the best that he could, but he got dealt away to Carolina. And now you have this team who's picking eight who can really help him either get an offensive lineman or a wide receiver pairing, you know, Darnold McCaffrey and whoever the white, let's just say they took, you know, Waddle or Devonte Smith. Now you have those three. And then instead they trade, you know, they pick Justin Fields. I, I don't know why his name has been in connection with Carolina, but it's been circling around more and more recently. And I, that to me, that's absurd. That would be the worst pick in the draft. Yeah, definitely. Why would you draft a guy that's not going to play immediately when you could draft a guy that could start for your team right now? Exactly. Just wasting a pick. Exactly. So, all right. So we move on to number nine. Number nine. I know. In mine, right there, I would have Atlanta because I'd have them, you know, trading with Denver. So, keeping everything the same, Denver's at number nine. Where mm-hmm. do you guys see them going? Um, for me, uh, they take the last, the last of the top five quarterbacks. They take Mac Jones. Okay, Don. Yeah, I don't. Uh, again, I, I, I think I. I think I previewed it earlier. I, I may not have. I don't remember. But uh, I had the Patriots trading up to this pick and Denver going back. I, I'm of the belief that Denver is going to give uh, Drew Locke one more season. I know you, you had that very uh, alarming stat about Drew Locke's numbers. But yeah. I think uh, I think I still think the Patriots are going to trade up. And it's going to be one of these teams in the back end of the top ten that they do it with. And I think it's probably going to be the Broncos since they already have a, they have it right now um, that they haven't completely given up on yet. So I think Patriots straight up to nine, they take Justin Fields, very, very scary situation. I know Bill Belichick is, is just sitting, you know, uh, meddling in his, his evil office in, uh, in new England, realizing that all this hate about Justin Fields being drafted outside the top five is just going to make him fall to the Patriots. Uh, and he is going to develop him like nobody else. Um, so that's a it's a scary pick to even think that they're going to get Justin Fields, but I think most likely he's going to be the one available when they do. Well, I mean, I know you said they have an answer, but I think if it was a test, it would be an incorrect answer. I was – okay, <laughs> Jason, I was – okay, keep that same line. So if Drew Locke is the answer, it's on one of those tests. It's like, Think of like your math test back in the day, and you're writing like a full equation out, and there's – just a bunch of stuff wrong, but you get like two points partial credit. Like that's an answer, but most of it is wrong. Yeah. Like it is mostly bad, but you did put it down. I guess got points for it. That's what drew lock is for that question at quarterback. If that's it, that's an answer. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and as somebody who, who watched it, I only get to watch him twice a year. I don't seek out watching Denver Bronco games, but I do see him and, I don't know. I I think it's one of those things where I think Denver – I know that Denver could tra- – if, if – I'll put it this way. If New England gave them an offer that was just so ridiculous that they couldn't refuse, yeah, I could, I could see them – I could see them dropping back. But if I were them, I would at least try to trade up. And if you can't trade up, stay there and fingers crossed that you're going to get – that you're going to get one of the quarterbacks. And if you don't, well, then, hell, I mean, you already have a phenomenal defense. Draft another wide receiver. 
at that point. You already got a stud last year, so now you got two of them. And then the year after, who God, who did they draft last year? What was the wide receiver's Jerry name? Judy. Yeah, so they have Judy, and they pair him up with literally whoever because there's probably going to be at least two of them still available in that in the draft. So you now you have two young, really good wide receivers. You don't get a quarterback. Okay, fine, but the year after you can try to go get one, or maybe you can pick up one in free agency. I don't think Denver, it would be in their – their best interest to trade back. I think they should stay there or go up. And in mine, I had them going up, which put Atlanta at number nine. And at number nine, I, ha- I have two different scenarios for Atlanta because if the Julio Jones thing is actually going to happen, then it's probably in their best interest to take a wide receiver. And at mine, Jamar Chase is still available, so I would have them taking – Jamar Chase, but if Julio Jones is going to stay there and they're confident that he's going to stay there, then they need to take somebody like Micah Parsons or or Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn, one of them. So I just wrote Micah Parsons. But um, it, w- it would depend. I think that Julio thing is going to hinder on what – I don't know. I think it's going to play a bigger role into what Atlanta is doing than – than I think some people may think. Because if they really think Julio's out the door, then I think it would definitely make losing Julio more palatable if they drafted somebody like Chase, Waddle, or Smith, Dom, as an Atlanta fan. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I still just... I think with, I think with Denver... They'll make great points. I, I get it. I just I think that they could pick up somebody in the second and third round at quarterback and still kind of trade this pick back and get somebody that they need on defense or or some other weapon that they need. Um, because somebody like Kellen Mond is uh, he's a guy that has like four years starting experience. He had a great career to say and M. I think if he competes with uh, if he competes with Drew Locke for a year, you might get the best of that situation, and somebody's going to rise to the top. I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see them drafting a quarterback with this pick. I, I just don't. Well, it'll be interesting. Um, I think, like I, like we said at the very beginning, I think the only certainty in this draft is uncertainty in the top ten. So, I'll well, move on to the, I'll go ahead. As you say that, I think there is one certainty. Mm. At number ten, there is a certain tan player that's going to be picked okay did you guys like that please tell me you guys both have patrick sertan at number 10 as an alabama as an alabama fan i absolutely hated that i just want you to (laughs) (laughs) like like i I have the bias and i still absolutely despise what you just did Oh man! <laughs> there? I, 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 I award you no points. May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, the word. That was a movie um, quote. It, I was quoting a movie. What was it? Uh, crap. What's it? Billy Madison? Yeah, that's it. Does the the words of the Nothing to Say podcast uh, does it does does not correctly represent the words of Dominic Taylor? We just want to put that out there. Yes. This is all Uh, all a personality. This is a farce. Dom, what do you think the Cowboys are going to do at 10? Yeah, it's it's Sertan. I think uh, they've they've had him circled on their board for a while. Every single mock draft, his name comes up at number 10 more than I've seen for most players. 
Um, and I, I think that that's, that's who they need. They're going to need a cornerback and they're going to need an offensive lineman. There's plenty of offensive linemen to take later the best cornerback in this draft. And, and that's who they go with. Yeah. I'd, I'd have, I think, like I said, ideal Cowboys stay where they are. They take Sertan. I've heard JC Horn in connection with Dallas as well. Um, I've heard quite a few analysts um, say that JC Horn and, and, uh, Sertan are, are closer than people are giving them uh, giving them credit for, but uh, Sertan seems to be the the overwhelming name that that shows up. So yeah, I, yeah, I've I, seen, I put Sertan down there too. I, I've seen that too, but the only time that I've really seen that is when Sertan actually gets picked by. Like I've seen somebody say the the, the Panthers take Sertan at eight. Um, and so, and then, then of course, JC Horn would be next on the list. So it's going to be one of those two, but I mean, I think more than likely, almost a certainty. You know, it's, 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 uh, pretend. it's funny that you say that because I'm looking at a CBS mock draft right now and they have Sertan going eight and then they actually have at number 10, they have Rashawn Slater being taken at 10. Really? Um, and then JC Horn falling to 12 to the Eagles. So, which would go in the complete opposite direction of what the Cowboys actually, well, that's not true because Slater's an offensive lineman, but I think their biggest needs are on defense. Yeah, um, they, they need it, but I mean, more than anything, they need to address defense and, and offensive line wise, they can get a good, somebody who can, they can plug in in the second round. There's going to be some great offensive linemen available in the second round to pick up. So cornerback wise, sure. they need to focus on the defense. For sure. The two positions that I've heard are, that are deepest in this draft are wide receiver and corner. Yes. Uh, I also heard that offensive line is pretty deep in this draft, but those two, the wide receiver and corner, are the two deepest positions in this draft. So quickly, let's run down our top ten just real quick so everybody can hear it as a complete fluid list. We'll go Dom, Sam, and then I'll finish it off. And then we can talk about the rest of the drafts for the next you know, 20 minutes on some picks that we think are going to be interesting. So, Dom, uh, run down your list real quick. You got it. I got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Kyle Pitt. Actually, let me start over and give you the team and the pick. Number one to the Jags, Trevor Lawrence. Number two to the Jets, Zach Wilson. Number three to the 49ers, Mac Jones. Four to the Falcons, Kyle Pitts. Five to the Bengals, Panay Sewell. Six to the Dolphins, Jamar Chase. Seven to the Lions, Devontae Smith. Eight to the Panthers, Rashawn Slater. Nine to the Patriots in a trade with the Broncos, Justin Fields. And then ten, Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys. Samuel? Uh, Jacksonville takes Lawrence, Jets take Wilson, San Francisco takes Trey Lance, Atlanta takes Kyle Pitts, uh, Cincy takes Rashawn Slater, Miami takes Jamar Chase, seven via trade, Patriots take Justin Fields, uh, Panthers take Penny Sewell, Denver takes Mac Jones, and then at number 10, the only certainty in this draft, Patrick Sertan. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then mine was a little different because it's what I think uh, would be best for each of the teams. So we know one and two. I think Trey Lance should go to San Francisco. I think in a trade from Atlanta, Denver would move up to four, and they would take Justin Fields. At five, Penny Sewell to Cincy. At six, Kyle Pitts to Miami. At seven, I would have Detroit trading back to New England and New England taking Mac Jones. At eight, I would have Carolina taking Rashawn Slater or Christian Derrissaw. Just pick whoever you want. Number nine, I would just say Atlanta's going to take Jamar Chase because of the Julio Jones news, despite their holes on defense. And then I would have number 10, 
uh, Patrick Sertan going to the Cowboys. That is what I think would be ideal for each team. All right, so let's move on to the rest of the first round, and we can dive into the other rounds if you guys have something to say about those as well. We can just talk about what we think are going to be some interesting picks, maybe some under-the-radar picks, some um, just any storyline that you that you find interesting over the uh, next, you know, 20, 22 picks. So, Dom, I'll start with you. Uh, what you got for us? Yeah, well, uh, I, I think, of course, the interesting thing to go about is, like, wh- who's left over when it comes to the quarterbacks, right? So, um, I th- have we all – do we all have Trey Lance available at this point? I know I do, but – No, I had him going at three. Okay. Sam, did you – do you have him drafted? Yeah, I had him drafted at three. Yeah. Okay. Well, who was left over then? Do you all, all have the four of the quarterbacks uh, – or all five of them, I guess. Drafted. I had all five. Going. Yeah, we had all five. Yeah, no, I had. I still have Trey Lance available on the board. I think that he goes to the Bears um, at the with the 14th pick. They'll trade up from the. Uh, I believe it's with the Vikings. Yeah, so um, I think he kind of. They need a quarterback desperately. Um, they need somebody to compete with. Uh, <laughs> uh, his name is is. Uh, uh, slipping me, um, but it's the um, who, who who is uh, the Bears Chicago Bears? <laughs> oh, Bears Trubisky, Andy Dalton. Trubisky. No, Andy Dalton. Trubisky's in Buffalo. Oh yeah, right. yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah, Andy Dalton. Andy and Andy Dalton. Listen, I think that his playing his his days are far behind him. Um, they need a young gun to come in behind him. And I think that's the guy who could give him the tools to succeed, but um, definitely. He, he's still a project and yes, his upside is high. I, he is to me the one that I am most scared about being a bust. And that's just because took a year off and he played at North Dakota state. And I know North Dakota state is, you know, national championship year kind of school, but the FCS, it's just, it's just shaky. There's, there is no guarantee that you're going to translate at the, at the NFL level. And I see very well could uh, with a year under his belt, it'd probably be in a worse position if he had to start right away. Luckily he doesn't, but um, yeah, I think the bears is it's a good place for him to go. Another, you know, interesting pick. What, what does Washington do at this point now? Because all of the, the best quarterbacks are off the, the, the board. Um, you know, they might need some weapons. I have, I had them drafting Rashad Bateman because I think he's kind of a, a late mid to late first round wide receiver. They need another weapon. Um, and then they can go ahead and pick up a quarterback in the second round, somebody to kind of sit behind Fitzpatrick and mold a little bit. Um, so that's kind of an interesting pick to watch. They could do a lot of things there. Uh, once you get to the end of the, the first round, there's a there's going to be a weird dynamic of like there's a ton of teams that need edge rushers and linebackers, and there's a few teams that need running backs. So like you've got the Jags and the Steelers that are right next to each other, and they both need running backs. Um, and there's a lot of speculation that the, the Steelers really want to draft Najee Harris, but he might be gone before I'd be pretty surprised if he did. Um, but there's a chance that he's gone before then potentially to the dolphins. If they want to get really, really frisky, a dolphins draft, you know, a star wide receiver and same draft, uh, in the, both in the first round and just stack that offense with Tua. Um, but I don't think they do that. So I, I'd probably have Najee going to the Steelers at 24. 
but then beyond that, I mean, once you get to the, the back half of the first round, there are so many different ways it can go. This is a really deep, like, edge rusher and linebacker draft, at least for the – it's very top-heavy, and there's a lot of teams that need them, and they could go anywhere in between. I mean, like Aziz Ojolari, um, you know, we're talking linebackers, uh, Jamin Davis, Zayvon Collins, like the team teams like the Buccaneers – and the Saints need linebackers. They, they're interchangeable. So it's just a matter of, you know, wh- where do these guys go? And then the, uh, the best safety in this draft, there's really nobody else that's being talked about being drafted before him, is Trevon Morig from TCU. I would love for the Falcons to get him if he's available at 34. We need a safety, but I don't think he will be. There's a bunch of teams that need safeties. Um, my draft, I have the Jags taking him. I don't think that they end up going and getting uh, a running back. I think they try to focus. They kind of keep it balanced, try to get a really good defensive player, try to get a good offensive player. Um, but yeah, that's that, to me, those are kind of the most interesting players and the most interesting picks. But regardless, every with the NFL draft, every pick is uh, it's a new a new story. You know, it's a new um, interesting kind of. Uh, view, if if you will, just on on what could happen. So, um, y'all, y'all, I'm interested to hear what what you guys bring to the table. I want to hear what kind of uh, picks that you think are intriguing. Sam, you want to go first, or do you want to? Yeah, I think it's definitely it's definitely interesting. Um, I think the biggest one of the biggest storylines after the top ten is what does Arizona do because they've been talked about being super aggressive and really trying to trade up, but. I saw more of their needs on defense, but then they're linked to try to get more offensive weapons. So it's just definitely intriguing what they wake up, I guess, and decide to do. Um, I thought a big storyline coming out because this is such a good wide receiver draft. Like where do Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle actually end up? I had them going 12 and 13 to uh, Philly and the Chargers who both have wide receiver needs. Um, I actually had Najee Harris going 24 to Pittsburgh. It just makes sense because James Conner just left in there. That was like probably the biggest deficiency of their team last year was the fact that they, that they didn't have a running game. Um, other than that, uh, there is just a, a lot of, it just seems like there was a lot of positions that you didn't, that you couldn't really go wrong with. There's just a lot of quality players throughout um i guess linebacker was a little thin for this draft and because i only see a couple of them but uh yeah that's that's the only things that i kind of noticed um so i have i have a couple teams that i've that i've circled in the first round that i think would be interesting to watch miami i know you guys noted this miami is going to be interesting just because of how many picks they have in the first round um, and not only how many, but where they're slated. They have, you know, they have six and they have 18. So, like Dom said, they can go all in on supporting Tua and grab a lot of offensive weapons for, for him. I think that's probably a smart thing to do. If you're really going to try to throw your lot in with Tua, you got to give him, you know, the tools to be successful. Washington's going to be interesting as well because, you know, as I talked about, they have – well, actually, so on the pro football focus, they have the eighth best roster in the NFL. And, you know, that's with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think they're going to be able to get a quarterback, but that doesn't mean they couldn't sneak one in, in later rounds. 
Um, so I, I'll be curious to see if they – the only reason why I have them circled because it would just be interesting to see if they make a push for for a quarterback. If not, and in this, in this draft, this mock draft that I'm looking at from CBS, they are mocked to pick Micah Parsons, which if they get Micah Parsons on that defense, that would be insane. They already have arguably the best defense in the league, if not the best defense in the league. And just putting Micah Parsons on that roster would would just seem unfair. Chicago's interesting because, you know, their head coach and their general manager are are sitting on the hot seat. So you'd think that Chicago is going to try to be aggressive to get a quarterback. You You would think. Um, so just watch watching them on draft day to see what they're going to do is going to be interesting. I have Pittsburgh circled because Big Ben's going to be out the door here soon. I agree. I think they should probably take Najee Harris and then go pick up somebody like Davis Mills or Kellen Mond in the second round if they're available. I think that would be ideal for Pittsburgh. They fill that lot, that running back slot, and then they get a replacement for Big Ben who doesn't have to play right away. So I think Pittsburgh's going to be interesting. Green Bay, I think Green Bay is one of the more interesting teams in this draft because, you know, last year they drafted they drafted Aaron Rodgers' replacement, and then look what happened. I think they're trying to make it up to him this year. So if they don't draft a wide receiver, then I think that pretty much seals the deal for Aaron Rodgers being gone. I, I think they have to draft a wide receiver, and then Baltimore as well. Baltimore has two picks in the first round as well. They just lost an offensive lineman, so I think they're going to have to re-bolster that offensive line. And they lost Ngakwe as well, so they're going to need – they can't – I don't think Baltimore they – they can't be cute with their picks. They have to get an offensive lineman, and then they have to get an, an edge rusher. And the reason why I circled them is because they just got that pick from Kansas City. Um because they just gave up one of the best offensive linemen. So that's who I have circled in the first round. It was interesting teams to watch. Um, and I'm just going to throw this in there since I haven't. You know, the Raiders are at 17. I know nobody cares, but my advice to you, Oakland, Oakland, Las Vegas, would be to just take the best corner or safety available at that time. Or whoever the best defensive player is, snag him. Try to go for the secondary first. If you can't get anybody there, just take the best defensive player available. And then in the other rounds, fill the offensive line because you just gutted your offensive line uh, this offseason. So that would be my advice to the lowly Las Vegas Raiders. They might finish last in that division. They very well could. They very well could, especially um, because the Chargers Chargers are – they're due to make a, a run. I think I think they're due to to be really good this year. Kansas City is Kansas City, and Denver has a really good roster. So if Denver is able to figure out if if Denver picks a quarterback and they throw him in right away, then it'll be interesting to to see what they do. But you know, I mean, I don't think the Raiders are, and they're still building. Um, so I I don't think the Raiders can be any serious threat until they. Until they sure up their defense, but that's just me. So they're trash. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Do we got anything else to conclude this draft? Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I 
Sam, I mean, I know you have I know you have Trey Lance projected to go to San Francisco, but would you rather have Trey Lance or would you rather have Justin Fields? Oh, I'd much rather have Justin Fields. I think Dom, you touched on it too. I think Trey Lance does I actually think Zach Wilson has the most bust potential just because of the situation he's going to. Like we just saw Sam Darnold get ruined by New York. What makes us think that Zach Wilson doesn't have a similar fate in mind. But the fact that Trey Lance didn't play for a Power 5 program and played a limited amount of games is just super scary. Like, you have no idea what this guy actually looks like against, like, the best of the best talent. We know what Justin Fields looked like. Like, he balled out for two years at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I don't get I don't get why he has had why he has fallen so much. I mean for for the longest time he was the second he was gonna he was the second quarterback in this draft for for years and then after the season was over it he wasn't even playing. The tape is all still there and then all of a sudden he's just he's completely plummeted for opinions for everybody and I, I just I don't understand. Yeah, Don, what do you think why do you think that is? Why do you think Justin Fields has slid so much in people's eyes? Oh, I I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest. Um I, I really don't. I don't know if it's does he not interview well? I, I really don't know. I mean I, I agree with you, uh Jason and just the fact that like for I mean, basically, since Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were in high school, it was expected that in 2021, both of these guys were going to be in the NFL draft and they were going to be like one and two, uh, respectively. And that order could have changed just depending on what they did during college. I mean, those are the two guys that were the two best quarterback prospects in, I believe it was uh, 2018 or uh, 2019. But I have no idea. I think it's inexplicable. And honestly, what I think it most likely is, is the fact that the teams in front of uh, Fields just like a couple of the other quarterbacks better. They just found their guys that they made a connection with or they prefer, and it has nothing to do with Fields and everything to do with just the the coaches finding some sort of connection with Wilson and, and I guess, Jones or, or Lance. Um, and not really getting that with Fields. And it, it may just come down to interviews. I, I don't even really know. But whatever it is, I'm not worried about Justin Fields. I don't really think that he's he has any bust potential. Not nearly as much as the other guys. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of inexplicable. Yeah. I mean, it, the, only thing, the only thing that I could think of would be interviews. But at that point, like – I don't know. Is that is that unfair to a guy in that sense? I I don't know. It, it, he ha- he hasn't played, and from all accounts, he hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah. So well, you know, for if there is any position where interviews are going to be important, it's the quarterback position. So maybe maybe it is. That's the only thing I can think of. But I don't think there's enough speculation or anybody even saying that. You know, that's the case for for us to believe that. Like you know, we heard that Rondale Moore. The wide receiver had like terrible interviews. That's not really going to matter. They're still gonna they're still gonna draft him in the the late first round, early second. 
you know, but for a quarterback, it's it it's pretty important. You are the face of the franchise. You are the face of the team. You are a leader. You're the one that the 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 media is going to be asking questions. I don't know. I I also don't get any sense that Justin Fields is bad interviews. Everything I've seen from when he was in college showed that he was great. He doesn't really have an ego. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty level headed. So I can't be the case either. I I really don't know what it is other than just the other teams in front just like the other quarterbacks better for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because from like all I've seen is Justin Fields seems like he's really well-spoken and he had a prior relationship with Kyle Shanahan. So it just made sense that if Shanahan knows him well and has gotten to work with like that second pro day, I thought went so well when the Niners pretty much ran it for Justin Fields and it sounded like everything was great. And then all of a sudden he wasn't linked to them anymore. It's just, it's so inexplicable. Yeah. And I think if, if he does end up getting drafted at three, we got to stop with all these. Uh, I know like we just made mock drafts, but we just did it for fun. We're not experts claiming that this is exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. I think, the, the sheer number of mock drafts that are being made every single year, there's no way. Just the simple fact that everyone is revising so much, you got to look at and be like, well, you guys are just like kind of contradicting yourself so much. Like you don't know anything. No one knows anything at this point. No, no. You got to watch what they do, not what they say. So, um, all right, well, that'll – if those are our final thoughts, then that'll wrap it up for us here on episode 87 of the Nothing to Say to the Fans podcast, our little NFL draft preview, which is coming up on Thursday. Like I said at the beginning, I think the only certainty in this draft is uncertainty. There are so many different things that could happen, so many different ways each team can go. It certainly will be a very interesting first night of the NFL draft. We hope you all enjoy it. We hope you all have a wonderful week, Dom. Thanks for joining us again. We'll have to bring you on also more during the NFL season, maybe to uh, to talk a little bit about uh, the Atlanta Falcons. You could be our Atlanta Falcons inside reporter or something. <laughs> as much as that's probably going to be painful, I, I would love to. <laughs> um, well, yeah, no, we always appreciate having you on. You obviously know more about college than college football than either one of us so again thank you for for coming on and uh sam thank you for talking a whole bunch of lies about the las vegas raiders i really appreciate it uh they're only lies until they're proven proven true okay okay well you said until they're proven true which makes it sound like you were lying the entire time so thank you for admitting that you know what uh dom thanks for coming on man you really brought it this uh you you put jason and i through the ringer on this one your college football knowledge just totally eclipses ours <laughs> i i appreciate it. it it's just uh, you know it helps i guess the claims that i make and the reasons that i i pick what i pick but um no man it listen football is football i really do enjoy it no matter what level it is and um it's the nfl draft is such a fun time it's so exciting and just the mystery behind everything and um anytime y'all i'm, I'm happy to talk anytime so what was well, the final what was the final count that you had for alabama players drafted in the first round Yes, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I think it was, I want to say it was five. Um, we had uh, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and then Patrick Sertan. So there's four. Yeah. Uh, and then Najee Harris at five. So five. So we didn't break the record, but 
the two that are the wild cards that could jump into the first round potentially, Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle, and uh, Landon Dickerson, whose stock has been skyrocketing lately. Um, so if somebody wants to that late into the first round, that he might jump in there. But otherwise, we will probably miss it by just the pick. If we get six, we will tie the record. And seven, which would be absolutely ridiculous, would break it. Yeah, I have them at. I have them getting six. I had uh, Barmore sliding in there, um, but I just did just wanted to touch on. I guess if Penny Sewell does get picked before any Alabama player, that means the Oregon program's better, right? All right. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, guys, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been a good time. Well, hey Dom, thanks for being our uh, our bell cow for this episode. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yes, Jason, it's coming full circle. That's absolutely, great. absolutely. Yeah. So we hope you all have a wonderful week, and we will see you all next week with reaction for the NFL draft. And Dom, actually, if you want to be on for that episode for a little bit of reaction, we'd be glad to have you. Yeah, y'all. This is my uh, this is the last week of the semester here at Alabama, so I will have plenty of time starting next week to. Uh, do that if you'd like. I'd love to come on and, and give some reactions. Oh, hey, good absolutely. luck on finals. I appreciate yeah, it. I absolutely. am very stressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll do great. So we'll see you uh, next week then. We'll lock you in. We'll uh, make sure our people will contact yours. So Sounds good. Awesome. So we will see you all next week. Have a wonderful week and weekend. And uh, hope your team gets better during the NFL draft. See you then. Thanks, everyone.